All right, welcome to the Order Protection Podcast. I'm your host, Nyan Kempwinen, and in turn, uh, I have a great guest with me today, Joseph Van Dusen. Welcome, sir. Ah, thank you. Thank uh, you for having me, Nyan. This yeah, is awesome. Man. Glad you're here. So, uh, I know a ton about you, but introduce yourself uh, mm. to our guest. Yeah, hi everybody. Uh, Joseph Van Dusen. I'm a former uh, B-2 stealth bomber instructor pilot. That's something that I did. Uh, I currently fly for United Airlines, which is awesome. But uh, I have my own company, which is Stealth Elevation, uh, which is what I'm really passionate about. And it's all about the stealth stuff behind the scenes that we do inside so that we can elevate to an outside world. And it's uh, speaking, consulting, coaching, all of that stuff, um, but really, it's uh, giving back and paying forward from my unique leadership experience. So cool, yeah. I think uh, what you have to share will be of great benefit to a lot of people in the protection field. Yeah, I'm very passionate about that, as you know. We both served the same master at one point, which is Uncle Sam. Yeah, uh, in different capacities. What was your journey? What did it look like? After I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to fly, and so I went to uh, Western Michigan University for my aviation stuff. Um, from that, I knew I wanted to be a military uh, aviator, and you know, fast forward, I, I end up uh, going with the Air Force, and I wanted a bigger challenge, and so I applied for the B-2 Stealth Bomber program. Went through the interview process, got picked up, and uh, while I was there, I elevated through your pilot progression to aircraft commander and then uh, eventually stealth bomber instructor pilot, which was awesome because we really focused on strategy and tactics at that point. And that led me to where I am today with stealth elevation. These days, you're using those same kind of tools that you learned with B2, and you're helping organizations and individuals accomplish some pretty amazing things. Yeah, thanks. Um, at Stealth Elevation, we're working from the target backwards, and then we work through the strategic to tactical mission planning aspects of that for any industry. It's really uh, awesome how this is applicable to everybody. And then we work through the execution piece, where we're pivoting real time during that execution so that we can you know, adjust to the wrenches in the road that come up to throw our plan off. There was an Italian air marshal, Gilio Duhet, that said, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. And so we really embraced that in the B2 world. So we did that through different tools, such as how goes it meetings and contingency plans. So that strikes me as pretty interesting. In the Secret Service, we did something very similar to that uh, in advance of like a VIP visit to somewhere uh, let's say, for example, the president, uh, Biden, in fact, is here in Las Vegas. And in advance of him touching down, a team of agents will go out and do what's called advance work. These agents will come out, uh, make a bunch of uh, local contacts. They'll do everything from look at routes that the motorcades are going to use. Uh, they'll uh, check out the different venues that that individual is going to be at. They will do um, an investigation of the security measures already in place in these areas. Uh, they'll talk to the local law enforcement, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, typically what they'll do at the end of every day is they'll come back and they'll do countdown meetings. So a little bit like uh, what you described with the how goes it's. And in those meetings, uh, you know, you'll collectively talk about the plans, how they're adjusting. The staff for the president may come in and say, hey, he's no longer going to venue A. He's going to go to venue B. These are the time changes to the schedule that are different. And by the way, we have these, uh, you know, new venues that are that are on the docket. And I like to say that we burn down risk, too. And by that, I mean, in the lead up to the arrival of President Biden, you know, you're looking at, you know, what what have you what what rock have you not overturned yet? And right. what, what rock have you not looked under? And you are just kind of methodically heading towards uh, wheels down for the president is what you're doing and, and mitigating every risk you can. That's very interesting. So 
When you talk about uh, protection 2.0, what does that mean as far as protection for an individual? Yeah, I would just say um, protection 2.0 is a little bit more of a philosophy um, that I have. uh, And I'll talk a little bit more about that later in other podcast episodes. Uh, But I'm I'm a big believer in like the security landscape as it is, is changing. And there's a need to look a little bit more critically at these disciplines and activities that we're doing as security professionals um, to include things like uh, VIP protection. So what does that mean? It's uh, questioning the norm. Um, like say for example, why are we using combustion vehicles when we could use an electric vehicle? For mm. example, you know, are there advantages associated with that? Uh, well, yes, there is. If you look at the Teslas, for example, um, they have like automated braking, uh, emergency features associated with lane. Um, you know, when you depart from from lanes and whatnot, that can alert the yeah. operator. There's a lot of things to take advantage of. Um, I saw an article recently about uh, a VIP that was killed in uh, Mexico, and in turn, he was. Uh, absent his protective detail, he was uh, driving what was a Chevy Suburban on his own, and he went to church. And on his way back, he was assassinated in the vehicle. And uh, you know that caused me to question: like, had he used an electronic vehicle, um, he likely would have got away because the acceleration on those is like far superior to a combustion vehicle. Absolutely. Um, so I think protection 2.0 is about questioning the norm, looking if there's ways we can do things more efficiently, effectively, uh, and these kind of things. And it goes without saying that working from the target backwards, establishing strategies and tactics, and continually assessing results and making refinements will be the key to Protection 2.0. That's awesome. So what do you at SISU bring to the table that is maybe different from every other protection agency out there? Yeah, thanks for asking. So we provide the best protection available for quite simply uh, people, places, and things with a focus on innovation that's not commonplace in industry. How does that start? It starts with, uh, you know, good quality people that you selectively hire, uh, you effectively equip them, you train them, you put them to work um, on meaningful missions and stuff like that. And you employ a framework like we were talking about uh, with Stealth Elevation. Uh, So in other words, you talk about mission planning, we do the same on our end. One of the things we're working on with Stealth Elevation, right, is I'm bringing people from mission planning through execution to debriefing because debriefing is where 90% of the learning takes place. It's where we focused all of our effort or the majority of our effort during the execution phase. We're taking data and then during the debrief is where we can really learn and grow. Do you guys have something like that set up? Before I answer that question, are you familiar with the Army's, uh, I think the Army has like a, they use a much more sophisticated descriptor, but I think it's like a lessons learned Mm. uh, lab or something like that. Are you familiar with something like that? Uh, I've seen, I've sat through some Army debriefs, but uh, uh, I'm not really familiar with that whole concept. Air Force have something like that? Air Force has, we, well, the B-2 was different. We usually taught people how to debrief. So in the B-2, we would work through, you know, what happened, and then we would find out the instructional fix or the exciting elevation so that we can take those lessons learned, like you're talking about, and put them into the next mission planning section. So you're kind of just building upon the whole thing and making it better every every rep, every chance you get. Yeah, cool. I'm, so I learned this at SpaceX. Uh, at SpaceX, rocket company, of course, that, uh, you know, in the end, it, mission execution is, uh, man, a, you know, one small part on a rocket that doesn't go well is a bad day, right? So um, high, uh, high attention to detail uh, and then separately a methodical approach to what you're doing is, like, absolutely important. And then separately identifying areas wherein you can make improvements. 
or if you cite something that's wrong with the process is uh, addressing that, right? So uh, SpaceX was a company wherein uh, they had a ticketing system. Ticketing system is where, uh, like say for example, if you call in and your cell phone has a problem, right? They create a case for you, like your case number is 2345 or whatever the thing oh, yeah, is, yeah. right? So um, at SpaceX, let's say for example, you had a problem with a tube on uh, you know, rocket engine number three, right? Um, you would create an issue ticket for that. And people at the company would in turn either maybe redesign it or uh, fix that part or swap it out or whatever the case may be. And you would close out the ticket. In the end, you would amass many, many tickets for a given rocket and in advance of launch, you burn those down. And uh, in theory, by the time you get to launch, you hopefully have zero tickets or you launch with the uh, ones that you're comfortable uh, with. So I'm a big believer on the protection side. Uh, let's say for example, with Sisu's uh, VIP protection model is a ticketing system wherein my staff um, after an event will note things that are wrong and we open issue tickets. And that means somebody in our management team needs to go and rectify those things. Let's say for example, uh, the Teslas that we use had a problem uh, that needs to be fixed. There would be an issue ticket and we'd, we'd take care mm. of that. Or like say for example, uh, something was wrong with a taser or uh, staff felt that we needed a rewrite policy in association with how we use a body worn camera or a taser or something like that. Uh, that ticket would remain open until that, that step was done. Gotcha. No, that makes a lot of sense. So as you're doing these tickets though, who is in charge of figuring it out? Does it just go to some, some department or how does that work? So in the end, it's probably what Jocko Willink would say, uh, which is extreme ownership. You know, that, mm -hmm. that all goes to the top. Like in the end too, uh, some tickets we may not work uh, based on the mission of SISU or its priorities at the time. So uh, in the security field, there's uh, you know, a lot of different professionals that are constantly striving to become better at their craft and whatnot. Uh, you could employ these same frameworks that we're just talking about uh, with the B2 and the strategic mission planning and working from the target backwards or with like say for example secret services style approach that we talked about and apply that to your personal kind of journey if you will oh, absolutely. Uh, and becoming a, a tighter more elite uh, professional and and be like a more elevated execution like uh, like we were saying yeah absolutely uh, and that's one of the things that we're doing at stealth elevation too is not just about corporations and leaders and all this stuff it's about you living your most elite life possible how do you do that you determine your target backwards what do you want it to look like and oftentimes when you're talking about life instead of business it, it gets a little more muddled you know it's not as clear but you can decide that hey I want a strategic goal of making $23 million in 2023. That is a great strategic goal. And I talk about using SMT goals now. Uh, it's based off of SMART goals, Dr. Doran, 1981. But we take the attainable and realistic out of it because that kind of just defeats the purpose. You know, you don't, you don't know what's attainable or realistic. So just go with specific, measurable, timely. Have those three things as part of your goal. So say, I want to make $23 million in 2023. That's my strategic target. Okay, cool. Well, then how do I set up my tactical goals underneath that so that, it can, that we can accomplish that? What do I need to do, in other words, to accomplish making $23 million in 2023? 
how much more valuable do I have to become? Well, I have to figure out what that means. So what are my tactical goals going to be? Again, specific, measurable, timely. How do I have to grow in order to hit that big pizza pie that we talked about earlier, that strategic goal of making $23 million in 2023? And that's uniquely different for everybody. So I can't answer that for you. Cool. So uh, I definitely like the uh, I definitely like the concept that you toss out the A and the R, right? Yeah. Uh, achievable and realistic uh, out of that framework. I think that's uh, very efficient. Elon Musk would be proud of you. <laughs> well, it's one of those things, you know, attainable and realistic. It just doesn't uh, doesn't compute. If we're doing attainable and realistic things, we're putting limits on ourselves and. We really want to be limitless in life. You know, why put those limits there? You can't define attainable or realistic. Like, what does it even mean? It's just a a limiting belief that you got to get over. So be specific, measurable, and timely when you're setting goals for life, for business, for anything. Because who's to say that you can't accomplish it? You want to go after everything that you want in life, leadership, business. That's what Stealth Elevation is all about. That's what we teach. That's what I speak about. It's a limitless lifestyle that you can achieve whatever it is that you want to go after, whether it's in life, business, relationships, go after it. So there's a lot of organizations that could benefit from uh, your framework. Uh, So where would someone find you? Where would someone find me? Good question. So StealthElevation.com is a great place to start. I'm on all the social medias, either Stealth Elevation or Joseph Van Dusen. Uh, wrote a book called Stealth Elevate that's out on Amazon and everywhere basically at this point. So go check that out. That'll help you in your life, leadership, and business. Also, we have the podcast Stealth Elevation that I'm dropping, you know, hard-hitting content every week. Uh, I try to get out there every week and Uh, Just trying to help people grow in their journey, whether it's life, leadership, business, relationships, and and also I'm on the speaking circuit, so you can find me there. Cool. Hey, well, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, Trust me, I uh, met you some time ago here in the city of Vegas, and uh, I'm a big fan of your work. And then I think the tools that you're empowering and equipping people to use are fantastic. Uh, Thanks, Nyan. I'm a big fan of your work. Keep going, bro. Got it. Keep elevating. Yes.